Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. From a career storyteller comes an exploration into his very own favourite story. And there's only one reaction to that. Hallelujah! From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Pierce will tell us that storytelling is a powerful mechanism to drive your messages home, to your customers or to the people working around you. Colin's something of a master storyteller himself. He's also a veteran sales trainer, writer and speaker, with years of helping organisations boost staff relations and customer service. Colin says if you want to create an impact, create a story. So to help him illustrate his point we asked him to tell us one of his favourite stories. To our initial surprise, Colin came up with something that, on the face of it, seems far removed from the business world. In fact, it's all about a song. But the business point of it all will be revealed. So bear with us, and meanwhile, enjoy the ride. Colin starts the story with Heather Dawson. Now we're going to go deeply religious here and cite... Leonard Cohen's amazing song, Hallelujah, made famous in Shrek by Chris Wainwright and a few other people. The funny thing about Hallelujah is that it's, strangely to me, it's sung at weddings and funerals, but it's all about adultery, fornication, betrayal, deceit, regret and despair, which seems an absolutely dumb song to sing at a wedding. And one of the debauched stories is in the first verse. He says, Now I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffled king composing hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, etc. Next verse, Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof. Her beauty and the moonlight overthrew you. And then it goes on. Cohen has a Jewish heritage, and so he was brought up on the Bible and Bible stories. And one of the most astounding Bible stories is the story of the great King David, for whom the Star of David, the flag of Israel, is named in honour. And David was an amazing king. Remember, he was the boy that killed Goliath, and they sang the songs about him. King Saul, his predecessor, has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands. Amazing hero, a man of great faith and led Israel for many years and brought them into all sorts of safety. But one day, I suppose in the summer or the spring, he was out on the roof of his palace and he looked over at the neighbor's house and he saw the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. Her name was Bathsheba. As it turned out, she was having a bath and he suffered the sin of lust. He had to have her, so he invited her over for dinner and practised a little bit of horizontal watusi with her. And a few days or weeks later, she told him she'd become pregnant by him. Where was her husband? Well, her husband was a foreign mercenary fighting in the Israeli army. He was a Hittite, and the Hittites were very fierce and warlike people, but very loyal. David had declared war on somebody and sent his cousin Joab to manage the war. 
and uh, he said, this is going to be awkward. She's going to have a baby and everybody's going to know it's mine. Let's make it so it looks like it's Uriah's. So he sends a message out to the battle to Joab, says, send Uriah home on leave, give him a furlough. So Uriah comes home, sees the king, and the king says, come on in, have a drink. Now, how's the battle going? Bloody blah, 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 told a few yarns. And then he said, no, you better pop home to the missus and, you know, see what's what. She'd be missing you. But blooming Uriah is so loyal to Joab and the armed forces, he says, my lord, I could not go back to the army having relations with my wife and being at home. I should suffer the same privations as my colleague. No, says David. So he fills him up with Plonk again the next night and says, look, I understand last night, but go on, go home and see the missus. She'd love to see you. But Uriah fell asleep at the doorstep of David's palace and refused to go back. Now, here's the king, the great righteous friend of God who has screwed up, if I may put it so bluntly, and he's going to be found out and it's going to be terrible. So he comes up with the most wicked plan. He sends Uriah back and he sends a message to Joab and says, Joab, would that thou wouldst give my friend Uriah an enormous honour, so place him in the front line of the battle that he may win glory and honour for himself, his family and the throne. Now you know what that meant. He basically sent him out to get murdered. Joab did what he was told. The message came back to David I did what you said, and unfortunately, poor old Uriah copped it. He's dead. David heaves a sigh of relief, goes over to Bathsheba's house with a bunch of flowers and a box of chocolates and says, well, look, that's tough, but you can come home and be my wife now, and the child will be safely raised by me. You saw her bathing on the roof. Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. Her beauty in the moonlight overthrew you, says Leonard Cohen. Well, God notices stuff especially stuff that goes against his way and his meaning. So he gives a little message to a prophet, a way out of the backwoods country preacher type prophet, and he whispers to him what David has done. And he says, you have to go and tell him he's displeased me greatly. Well, I don't know how you'd feel, Heather, if you had to go and tell the prime minister or the president of the US or Russia that you knew about what he had done, you'd be pretty fearful. So was Nathan. I think, just add this little part, he was trotting along the road trying to work out how to tell David, the king, that God was very displeased with him. And I suspect he might have seen some children on a front veranda of a little hut playing with a little ewe lamb. And it, it dawned on him. He got to the palace and David said, yes, my friend, Nathan, what can I do for you? Nathan said, my Lord, there's a, a problem. There's a very wealthy man who lives next door to a very poor man. And the wealthy man was having visitors. And he noticed that the poor man had one ewe lamb. It was the family's pet. And he didn't want to destroy his own flock for the visitors. So he went and took the ewe lamb from the poor man next door. And the lamb had been feeding at his table and he playing with his children. And indeed, it was a much-loved family pet. But the rich man took it, cut its throat, skinned it, gutted it, and served it up as a feast. Well, David, being a person with great compassion and great fury, 
all the dopamine and oxytocin and endorphins flooded out of his brain at once. And he said, who did that? He should be brought to justice. And he was furious. And this is my hair standing on end as I say it. Makes me quivery because it's so stunning. Nathan points his finger at David and said, thou art the man. And immediately the power of conviction came upon David. All these oxytocin and dopamine and endorphins flooded him at once and he exploded. He tore his clothes open. He screamed and he realised that God had put his finger right on his conscience and his behaviour. Well, that's the power of a story. It's a fantastic story. And you ask me, what's my favourite? Well, it's that one because it gets right into what story can do. He didn't have to say once or show him a PowerPoint or give him a handout or a white paper. Adultery is forbidden of the Lord, as you know, and uh, there are certain consequences. He didn't do that at all. He told him a story about a bar lamb. What do you reckon, Heather? Well, that's the power of storytelling, Colin, as you say. Is there a, a business message in all this? So to understand the impact that storytelling has applies when you're telling a customer service story or a customer service failure story or a hero tale of somebody in the business who has done an amazing job. Don't just limit it to, uh, oh yeah, and got a prize today, an award. Uh, yeah, there's a free meat tray for George who'd done a great job uh, on a bloke's car last week and uh, yeah, on you George, yeah, hands together for George. Well, that's as lame as you can get. You've got to tell the story. Chap came in last week and he was as Black as thunder, he had fire breathing out of his nose and he came in, he slammed his keys on the counter. Some of you were there, you know, and a couple of you think I went and hid in your office because you knew there was trouble brewing. But not George. George stepped out from behind his service counter and he said, Mate, you look like you're going to blow a foo-foo foul. What can I do for you? And the bloke swore and carried on about it. You remember that? Yes. And George just smiled, winked at him, he said, give me your keys and follow me. So he took him into the forbidden area, the service bay, and he said, let's have a look at this. And the rest of the story was fantastic, how he chatted to the bloke, let him watch what he was doing, repaired the tailpipe, repaired the exhaust filters, and chatted to the guy, asked him about his family and asked him about where he drives his car. And the chap was engaged and George was fabulous. And the contrast between... The chap at the beginning and the chap at the end gladly paying his bill was amazing. And it all came about because of what George did and George's attitude to be the fix-it guy. Now, that's a story with some conviction and some power. And it shows the opportunity to release a bit of endorphin, a little bit of oxytocin and some dopamine to get the other people in the business listening and happening. That was Colin Pierce, storyteller indeed. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U.